Hello, welcome back to the legends of Brittany and the lays of Marie of France. The lay of the werewolf is the first. In the long ago there dwelt in Brittany a worshipful baron for whom the king of that land had a warm affection and who was happy in the esteem of his peers and the love of his beautiful wife. One only grief and his wife in a married life and that was the mysterious absence of her husband for three days in every week where he disappeared to neither she nor any member of the household knew. These excursions preyed upon her mind that at last she resolved to challenge him regarding them. Husband, she said to him pleadingly one day after he just returned from one of these absences. I have something to ask of you, but I fear that my request may vex you, and for this reason I hesitate to make it. The baron took her his arms and, kissing her tenderly, bade her state a request, which he assured her it would by no means vex. It is this, she said, that you will trust me sufficiently to tell me where you spent those days when you were absent from me. So fearful have I become regarding these withdrawals and all the mystery that enshrouds them that I know neither rest nor comfort. Indeed, so distraught am I at times that I feel I shall die for every anxiety. O oh, husband, tell me where you go and why you tarry so long. In great agitation, the husband put his wife away from him, not daring to meet the glance of her imploring, anxious eyes. For the mercy of God, do not ask this of me, he besought her. No good could come of you knowing only great and terrible evil. Knowledge would mean the death of your love for me and my everlasting desolation. You are jesting with me, husband, she replied. But it is a cruel jest. I am all seriousness. I do assure you, peace of mind can never be mine until my question is fully answered. But the baron, still greatly perturbed, remained firm. He could not tell her, and she must rest content with that. The lady, however, continued to plead, sometimes with tenderness, more often with tears and heart-piercing reproaches, until at last the baron, trusting to her love, decided to tell her his secret. I have to leave you, because periodically I become a bisclavere, he said. Bisclavere in Breton, that's the name for werewolf. I hide myself in the depths of the forest, live on wild animals and roots, and go unclad as any beast of the field. When the lady had recovered from the horror of this disclosure, and had rallied her senses to her aid, she turned to him again, determined at any cost to learn all the circumstances connected with this terrible transformation. You know that I love you better than all the world, my husband, she began that never in our life together have I done aught to forfeit your love or your trust. So do, I beseech you, tell me all, tell me where you hide, 
your clothing before you become a werewolf. That I dare not do, dear wife, replied, for if I should lose my remnant, or even be seen quitting it, I must remain a werewolf so long as I live. Never again could I become a man unless my garments were restored to me. Then you no longer trust me, no longer love me, she said. Alas, alas, that I have forfeited your confidence, or that I should live to see such a day. Her weeping broke out afresh, this time more piteously than before. The baron, deeply touched and willing by any means to alleviate her distress, at last divulged the vital secret which he had held from her so very long ago. But from that hour his wife cast about four ways and means to rid herself of her strange husband, of whom she now went in exceeding fear. In course of time she remembered a night of that country who had long sought her love, but whom she had repulsed. To him she appealed, and right gladly and willingly, he pledged himself to aid her. She showed him where her lord concealed his clothing, and begged him to spoil the werewolf, also of his vesture, on the next occasion on which he set out to assume his transformation. The fatal period soon returned. The baron disappeared as usual, but this time he did not return to his home. Four days, friends, neighbours, and menial souls sought him diligently, but no trace of him was found. And when a year had elapsed, the search was at length abandoned, and the lady was wedded to a knight. Some months later, the king was hunting in the great forest, near the missing baron's castle. The hounds unleashed came upon the scent of a wolf and pressed the animal hard. For many hours they pursued him and went about to seize him. Bisclavere, for it was he turned with such human gesture of despair to the king who had ridden hard upon his track that the royal huntsman was moved to pity. To the king's surprise, the werewolf placed its paws together as if in supplication and its great jaws moved, as in speech. Call off the hounds, cried the monarch of his attendants. This quarry we will take alive to our palace. It is too marvellous a thing to be killed. Accordingly, they returned to the court, where the werewolf became an object of the greatest curiosity to all. So frolicsome, Yet so gentle was he that he became a universal favourite. At night he slept in the king's room. By day he followed him with all the dumb faithfulness of a dog. The king was extremely attached to him and never permitted his shaggy favourite to be absent from his side for a moment. One day the monarch held a high court to which his great vassals and barons and all the lords of his broad dimensions were bidden to come. Among them came the knight who had wed the wife of the Bisclavere. Immediately upon sight of him, the werewolf flew at him with a savage joy that astonished those accustomed to his usual gentleness and docility. So fierce was the attack that the knight would have been killed if it had not been for the king who intervened to save him.
later in the royal hunting lodge. She, who had been the wife of Beast Clevery, came to offer the king a rich present. When he saw her, the animal's rage knew no bounds. Despite all restraint, he succeeded in mutilating her fair face in the most frightful manner. But for a certain wise counsellor, this act would have cost Beast Clevery his life. This sagacious person, who knew of the animal's customary docility, insisted that some evil must have been done to him. There must be some reason why this beast holds these twain in such mortal hate, he said. Let this woman and her husband be brought hither so that they must be straightly questioned. She was once the wife of one who was near to your heart. And the many marvellous happenings. Well, I've heard this come out of Brittany. The king hearkened to this sage counsel, for he loved the werewolf and was loath to have him slain. Under pressure of examination, Miss Cleveris, Treasure's wife, confessed all that she had done. Added that, in her heart, she believed the king's favourite animal to be no other than a former husband. Instantly, on learning this, the king demanded the werewolf's vesture from the treacherous knight, her lover, and when this was brought to him, he caused it to be spread before the wolf. But the animal behaved as though he did not see the garments. Then the wise counsellor again came to aid. You must take the beast to your own secret chamber, sire, he told the king. For not without great shame and tribulation can he become a man once more. And this he dare not suffer in the sight of all. This advice the king promptly followed. And when after some little time he, with two lords of his fellowship and attendants, re-entered the secret chamber, he found the wolf gone, and the baron as well-beloved asleep in his bed. With great joy and affection, the king aroused his friend, and when the baron's feelings permitted him, he related his adventures. As soon as his master had heard him out, he not only restored to him all that had been taken from him, but added gifts to the number and richness of which rendered him more wealthy and important than ever, while in just anger he banished from his realm the wife who had betrayed her lord together with the lover. Mm. Now, that is a very interesting story indeed. I like it. It's a good story. I like stories like that. Anyway, that is the first lay of Marie of France. Lay of the Werewolf. When we come back, it's um, the we're going to the werewolf and the superstition in Brittany of it and whatnot. But, yeah, very good story indeed. Please hit that like button, share if you're able to, and if you've not yet subscribed, tap it please. Especially if you find yourself coming back time and time again without pressing the button. It only takes a second and I would really appreciate it. Many blessings.